بسم الله بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه وله أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته How's everybody doing? Alhamdulillah. So today, inshallah ta'ala, we're continuing with hadith number 23 of Arba'in al-Nawi. And in this hadith, the Prophet sallallahu says, At-tuhuru shatru al-iman. Walhamdulillah tamla'u al-mizan. Wasubhanallah, walhamdulillah tamla'an aw tamla'u ma bayna al-samawati wal-ard. Wassalatu nur, wassadaqatu burhan. والصبر ضياء والقرآن حجة لك أو عليك كل الناس يغدو فبائع نفسه فمعتقها أو موبقها. So the hadith in Sahih Muslim and it's in other narrations as well goes as follows that tuhur or cleanliness is half of faith and alhamdulillah the statement of alhamdulillah it fills the scales and the statements, subhanallah and alhamdulillah, they fill up that which is between the heavens and the earth. And salah is a nur, is a light. And that charity, sadaqah, it is a burhan, is an evidence or a proof. And as-sabr, patience, it is a diya, it is a burning brightness. And the Qur'an is either a proof for or against you. And each person go, goes out early in the morning to sell themselves, thereby either setting themselves free or destroying themselves. So as you can tell, this hadith has several parts to it. And so today, inshallah, we might be a bit brief because I'm only going to cover half of it. Inshallah, next week we'll do the other half. It's, so that's how we're going to cover it for today. Now, the first two statements I find very fascinating. Or I should say, excuse me, I should say the first three statements. The first three statements are that uh, cleanliness is half of faith. And that, alhamdulillah, tamla'ul mizan, those are the first two. And I feel like they kind of go together. And I'll show, explain to you why in a moment. And then, kind of paralleling that same idea is what? Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, tamla'an, aw tamla'u, ma bayna samawati wal ard. So, this I really find fascinating. Why? So, let's keep in mind that when the Prophet says that, at-tuhuru shatrul iman, that cleanliness is half of faith, does this just mean or refer to and is relegated to washing oneself, cleaning oneself of physical impurities, or could this also imply what? The diseases of the heart, right? Evils within yourself. Could this also imply evil thoughts and ideas and even for, uh, false and incorrect um, beliefs, like i'tiqad, like what, you, what your beliefs are, your creed? Yes, I think all this is included. And so tuhur in this instance is referring to what? Cleansing oneself and removing of anything that is evil. Evil, whether it be physical evils, whether it be uh, you know, uh, different attitudes, different diseases of the heart, whether it be different wrong ideas and false ideas, all of this is, the objective is to cleanse yourself of it and to remove it. And so that you could say is sort of the negative aspect of improving oneself, to remove whatever impurities remain within you. And then on the flip side of that, there is the affirmation, the positive of everything that good, good that comes to you. Alhamdulillah tamla'ul mizan. Saying alhamdulillah, saying all praise due to Allah, it fills the scales. Why? Because wallahu alam, it could be that this is a reference to what? Gratitude. That you take a look at your life, and now I look at, all the, I look at my entire life. I see the negative aspects that need to be removed. I try to cleanse myself of that. And then I look at all the positives, and I'm grateful for that. So you see the balance between positive and negative, but what you also recognize is that everything that I'm talking about thus far is personal. I look at my life personally, and I see what? The negative aspects in my personal life, and I try to remove them, and then the positives, and I'm grateful for them, right? Then the next statement is not about... Not about you, but it's about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
The next statement is what? Subhanallah walhamdulillah tamla'an aw tamla'u ma bayna samawati wal ard. So the, the, the rawi, he couldn't remember the exact wording. So the narrator, he says that the saying subhanallah and alhamdulillah, it um, fills the scales. And he wasn't sure if it was tamla'u tamla'an. But basically, in, in either case, it means to fill what? The, uh, not, not the scales, excuse me. Ma bayna samawati wal ard. Whatever is in the heavens and the earth. Now the question is, why subhanallah and alhamdulillah? Subhanallah, coming from the root verb sabaha, sabaha meaning to swim, and uh, sibaha, right, is swimming. And when you put the shadda on it, sabaha, it's a different verb, and it means to glorify. What is the correlation between uh, swimming and glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How can you correlate these two things? And the idea is that there is a slight correlation, which is what? That when you do sibaha, when you are swimming, you are making sure that you don't sink. You're making sure you don't go down, right? And when you do tasbih of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when you say subhanallah, or يُسَبِّحُ لِلَّهِ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ etc. etc. Tasbih is never allowing your consideration of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to go down in your own mind. Never allowing negative thoughts to remain in your mind. Like, oh Allah is being unjust to me, I don't deserve this, this is wrong, I should have got it, why, why, didn't, why did he get it and I didn't get it, etc. etc. I don't deserve this position that I'm in. All these are negative thoughts and you are lowering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your own estimation. And to do tasbih of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to make sure that you're basically saying, how... Perfect is Allah from any imperfection. Allah is far beyond and above any imperfection that may creep into my mind. So it's a defense against any sort of negative ideas of shirk, negative ideas of, uh, you know, thinking of that Allah Ta'ala is unjust, or Allah Ta'ala is picking on you, or being tyrannical against you, or whatever the case is. That you always say, subhanAllah, Allah is high above any of these negative, negative ideas. And alhamdulillah is an affirmation that every positive quality and, uh, and attribute and characteristic it belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now this is what makes this first statement so fascinating. That the alhamdulillah is mentioned in both. But the emphasis is different. This might be a little bit complicated, but try to bear with me. When you make this statement alhamdulillah, there's two sides to it. One side of it is the personal side. All praise is due to Allah for all the great things that I am appreciating, that I am enjoying, that, I, that I've come to into my life. I'm praising Allah and I'm being grateful for everything that I'm getting. However, there's another side, which is what? Alhamdulillah, this is more from the, kind of take a step back, uh, and uh, you know, you could say philosophical or theoretical perspective, that everything that is positive, whether I'm aware of it or not, whether it affects me or not, all of it belongs, all that praise, everything that is beautiful, everything that is good and just and right, everything that is impressive and amazing, all of that, ultimately, Allah Ta'ala is the author of all of it. Right? So you see how, so it's amazing that Alhamdulillah is mentioned twice, and when you read the hadith the first time, you think to yourself, why does it say, you know, that Alhamdulillah fills the scales, and then right after that it says, Subhanallah and Alhamdulillah fill that which is in the heavens and the earth. It seems a little bit odd that Alhamdulillah would be mentioned in both places. So one way of looking at it, and Allah knows best, is to see that the first one is about the personal. I'm personally trying to cleanse myself, tuhur, and I'm personally trying to be grateful for the good. And then the second one is what? Remove any concepts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being negative from, from, from Allah's perspective. Any negative thoughts, I remove that. And all positive, I attribute back to Him. So it's really amazing how one is, uh, the first two are about you personally, and the second two are about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And both have to do with removing evil and affirming good. SubhanAllah, I find that very uh, interesting. Now, that's sort of an overview of the beginning. To get into more uh, detail, al-tuhur shatr al-iman can be understood in a few different ways. Because the word shatr can mean half, but it can also mean a portion, like a large portion of something. Not necessarily literally half. So this could be translated as purification is an integral part of faith. In other words, what? That it is an integral part of your iman to purify. What is, and how is that the case? Well, if you look at the shahada, 
you see two parts. La ilaha illallah. The first part is the negation, the purification of shirk, purification of removing any false deities. There are no uh, aliha. There are there is no ilah. Right? That is purifying yourself of any false ideas that this is worthy of my full devotion and attention and so on and so forth. I remove all these ideas. Nothing is ultimate. Illallah. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is deserving of that top spot of being the thing that I am most devoted to and obsessed, uh, obsessed with and, uh, and completely enamored with and, and so on and so forth. All these different terms you could think of that an ilah is your complete object of devotion and worship. La ilaha illallah. So you could see how, uh, uh, you know, you see half and half if, if, if you will. Another way of looking at it is that iman that purification is an integral part of faith and faith in this instance is referring to salah. This is a bit of a stretch, but the reason why it can be, uh, it can be taken this way is because the word iman is used in uh, Surah Baqarah, ayah number 143 to, ref- to refer to uh, salah. So Allah says, uh, we will never waste your iman and what Allah is saying is we will never waste your salawat. They were praying in one direction and then the qibla changed and the believers were wondering all the salawat we prayed in one direction what now that we changed does that mean our prayers have gone away and that they're wasted? So Allah said we would never waste your iman. The word iman here is referring to salawat. So you could take that interpretation and say what? That at-tuhuru shatrul iman that purification i.e. wudu is an integral part of iman as in salah. So I know it's a bit of a stretch but subhanAllah that's one way you can look at it. And Ibn Rajab, he has a, a beautiful point about this, rahimullah. He says that prayer is the key to paradise and wudu is the key to prayer. So that's kind of what it's referring to. And then uh, Al-Ghazali has another opinion which says what? That purification, i.e. abstaining from evil, is half of faith. The other half being what? Doing good. So what, 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 half of it is what you do, the other half is what you abstain from and don't do. And so yeah, Al-Ghazali is saying that, uh, subhanAllah, uh, you have to do the first portion, which is affirming Tawheed, saying the Shahada, and the second portion is what? Removing diseases of the heart, like jealousy and envy and hatred and so on and so forth. So there's multiple ways and multiple scholars that have uh, interpreted and analyzed this uh, particular uh, portion of the hadith. Alhamdulillah, tamla'ul mizan. The second portion is what? All praises due to Allah, this statement, it fills the scales, or this fills the scale. Now, when you state this, like I said, there's two ways of looking at it. That the speaker is, he's making a realization and appreciation for the innumerable gifts that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed upon him. And he's thanking Allah for everything that he's personally been given. And the other way of looking at it is not about me, but it's about more Allah. That this is a statement about, about Allah's perfection, about his names and attributes, whether they affect me or not. And the best way to, I think to understand this is to compare the word hamd with other words that are close to it. Like for example, the word madh. If you just take the letters ha, mim, dal, and then move them around, you get madh, mim, dal, ha. So you're just flipping, you're just rearranging. And what does madh mean? Madh means praise, but it's not the same thing as hamd. There's a difference. And also there's another word, shukr. Shukr means what? Being grateful, but it's not the same thing as hamd. So it's important to go into this and understand the specificity, the, 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 the details. Why? So that you can appreciate why Allah Ta'ala used this word hamd. So let's give some examples. The word madh, is when you praise, but you might be praising for qualities that are voluntary or involuntary. For example, I could praise a person because he's very kind or very brave or whatever, and these are his actions. But you can also praise him for the way he looks, but he didn't choose that, right? Or you could praise a pearl and say, oh, look at this pearl, it's so beautiful. The pearl never chose to be beautiful, right? It just is, right? Whereas, subhanAllah, this is different than hamd. Hamd is when you praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the qualities that he has set for himself. It's not just like haphazard, like something else made me this way. You get it? 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is who he is based on who he uh, wants to be. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in full control, subhanAllah. Furthermore, the word hamd, or excuse me, madh, madh is a form of praise that you could give sincerely or insincerely. So if a man goes up to a tyrant ruler and says, oh ruler, you're so noble, you're so amazing, this is not hamd. You can't call this hamd. You have to call this what? Madh. Because he's praising him outwardly, but he really would just want some money from him or he wants protection or whatever the case is. He's not sincere. Hamd is sincere. What is the difference between shukr? Shukr is appreciation and it's when you thank somebody for the things that they have done for you. So I can be grateful if you do me a favor, but if you're just a generous person in, in general and you help other people or you're very brave and maybe you haven't even exercised that bravery, but you would be brave in, let's say, some sort of dangerous circumstance. I can't say thank you for your bravery. You haven't done anything for me. You haven't even been brave, but I can praise you for it. You see the difference? So you can praise for a quality, but you can't, you can't be grateful for a quality unless it's actually applied to you. So shukr is for what comes to you specifically. Hamd, however, is you're praising Allah. Oh Allah, I praise you for the, for the good things that you have done for me and for everybody else. Whether it has affected me or not. Whether I know of your qualities or not. I praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So yes, alhamd means implies praise. Praise uh, uh, for what has been given to oneself as well as to others. It is sincere. And finally, it is praising for Allah's qualities that He has Himself set for Himself. Subhanallah. And al-mizan, so alhamdulillah tamla'ul mizan, it fills up the scale. What are the scales? Well, we've talked about this when we did tafsir surah al-qari'ah. We talked about mawazinuh, and we talked about that in a little bit of detail. So I'm not going to go over all of it again. I'm just going to remind us all that subhanAllah, the Day of Judgment has many different events. So al-hawb is the basin, or you could say the fountain, in which the believers will drink, take some water from al-kawthar. This is, the, you could say, the first stage. According to Ibn uh, Abil Iz, he has, uh, his, his, his opinion is that the first stage is al-hawb. The second one is al-mizan. Which is what? The scales, the, the, the deeds, they get weighed. After that is as-sirat, people trying to cross over the bridge, some of them crawling, some of them going as fast as lightning, depending on how righteous they were. Some of them falling into Jahannam. And then after that, after as-sirat, you have al-qantara. Al-qantara means the arched bridge. It's a smaller bridge that what? The believers can only cross over once they have uh, 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 you know, paid any debts to any of the believers. So imagine after everybody has crossed the first sirat, then they're all on the other side and they can only cross over if they are purified. If I insulted you one time, uh, that has to be paid back. If I took money from you and didn't pay it back, if I was rude to you, if I abused you in some way, whatever needs to, whatever account needs to be settled, it gets settled on the qantara. Then after that, you are free and clear and you can enter into paradise. The Prophet says about this, يَخْلُصُ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ مِنَ النَّارِ فَيُحْبَسُونَ عَلَى قَنْطَرَةٍ بَيْنَ الْجَنَّةِ وَالنَّارِ وَيُقَصُّ لِبَعْضِهِمْ مِنْ بَعْضٍ مَظَالِمُ كَانَتْ بَيْنَهُمْ فِي الدُّنْيَا حَتَّى إِذَا هُذِّبُوا وَنُقُّوا أُذِنَ لَهُمْ فِي دُخُولِ الْجَنَّةِ That the believers is in Sahih Bukhari. The believers after being saved from hellfire will be stopped at a bridge between paradise and hell and mutual retaliation will be established amongst them regarding the wrongs they have committed in the world against one another. After they are cleansed and purified through this retaliation, they will be admitted into paradise. So that's the first two sentences. Then we get to وَسُبْحَانَ اللَّهِ They fill up that which is between the heavens and the earth. So, as we said, the statement subhanallah can be translated as how far is Allah from every imperfection? How high above and perfect is Allah from every imperfection? 
And what's also very interesting when you zoom out and just appreciate this, this, this portion of the hadith, you realize that when the statements come from subhanallah and alhamdulillah, these are adhkar. And perhaps it is the case that this is just simply encouraging adhkar and dhikr. And we know that subhanallah, the Prophet described the superiority of dhikr in an incredible, incredible way. In a hadith, in, uh, I believe it's in Tirmidhi as well as Ibn Majah, and it is a Hassan hadith. The Prophet says what? Ala unabbiukum, and in some narrations, ukhbirukum, bi khayri a'malikum, should I not tell you of the best of deeds? And that which is the most pleasing to your sovereign Lord. And those that will raise you, raise you the highest in, in status. And it's even better than giving of, of, of gold and silver. And that it's, it would be even better than you meet your enemy and that they're striking at your necks and you're striking at their necks, even better than jihad. قالوا, the, the, the Sahaba said, yeah, of course, you know, better than charity and better than fighting and better than, uh, you know, subhanAllah, all these incredible deeds. So raising you high in such uh, degrees, what is it? قالوا, and what is this, O Messenger of Allah? ذكرullah. It is what? Remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And why is this the case? Why is ذكرullah so much greater? Because this is the root of all of it. Your, your, your jihad fi sabilillah. Or your, uh, uh, you could say, uh, uh, giving of charity, or your establishing of your salawat, or, or paying, uh, whatever it may be, whatever you do, all of it has to be rooted in what? Sincerity. All of it has to be rooted in what? A desire to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You could say that the basis of all of it is dhikrullah. So subhanAllah, the Prophet is saying, no matter what good you see externally, you know what's better than all that? The internal state of remembering Allah Ta'ala, that's the root of all of it, and that's what's going to push you through in, in all circumstances. Furthermore, the Prophet says what? مَثَلُ الَّذِي يَذْكُرُ رَبَّهُ وَالَّذِي لَا يَذْكُرُ مَثَلُ الْحَيِّ وَالْمَيِّتِ That the example of the one who, who praises his Lord, in comparison to the one who does not, is like the difference between the living and the dead. Subhanallah. This is you could see this simply referring to what? The heart. The living heart versus the dead heart. And regarding subhanAllah, this, the specific wording of subhanAllah and alhamdulillah, we know that the Prophet says, this is in the final hadith in Sahih Bukhari, kalimatan khafifatan ala lisan, thaqilatan fil mizan, wa habibatan ila rahman subhanAllah al-azim, subhanAllah wa bihamdih. And in some narrations it's flipped, subhanAllah wa bihamdih, subhanAllah al-azim. So Allah knows best. Now, uh, that, oh, excuse me, let me translate, that there are two statements, there are two expressions that are very light and easy on the tongue, and very heavy in the balance, and very dear to Ar-Rahman, the most merciful, and they are what? Glory be to my Lord, the most great, and glory be to my Lord, uh, you know, and all praise belongs to Him. The final statement that I want to get to today, inshallah ta'ala, is just this statement, وَالصَّلَاةُ نُورُ And then inshallah ta'ala, we'll continue the rest of the hadith next week. But this statement, وَالصَّلَاةُ نُورُ is really, really beautiful. Why is this the case? Because it can be understood in a few different ways. How is it that a salah prayer is nur, is a light? One statement, it could, you could understand it as a salah is like light. Prayer is like a light. Why is it like a light? Just as a physical light will guide your, guide your path, prayer guides a person, uh, a person throughout his day and makes it revolve around Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's obedience. When you establish your five daily prayers, it centers your life around Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's, it's like a guiding factor in your life, always reminding you of what your goals are and keeping you on the right path, keeping you in the right direction. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says what? إِنَّ الصَّلَاةَ تَنْهَا عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ That indeed prayer 
uh, uh, it prohibits a person from immorality and wrongdoing. This statement, as-salatu nur, can also mean what? Salah is full of light. It can also mean salah is a cause for light in this life and a cause for life for light in the next life. Why? Because how is it a cause for light in this dunya? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says what? See mahum fi wujuhim min atharis sujood. That Allah Ta'ala says that their marks on their faces are from the traces of prostration. And, and there's been different interpretations. This could mean that literally the person makes sajda so often that they get a little bit of a mark. But it could also mean that Allah Ta'ala puts nur in a person's face. You know, sometimes you look at a person and it, we're not talking about skin tone and we're not talking about how bright the light is on them, whether they're outside on a, uh, on a sunny day or on a cloudy day. We're talking about just something about them has this shining quality. And it's not talking about Colgate or Crest or anything like that. I just literally, you look at the person and you say, subhanAllah, I look at this guy or sister and there's something that is truly radiant about them. And I just don't know, I can't, I can't describe it. It's just something incredible. And this in and of itself, subhanAllah, is what? This is the nur that Allah Ta'ala gives you. As-salatu nur. As-salah, you're making sajda. And Allah Ta'ala tells them in the Qur'an that this leaves traces and marks upon a person. This has a certain effect on the person. That it makes them shine, subhanAllah. This is in this dunya. What about the akhirah? Allah says, uh, uh, regarding salah, giving a person light in the afterlife, we know that on Judgment Day, the, the believers will be guided by their good deeds. As Allah says, يَوْمَ تَرَى الْمُؤْمِنُونَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتُ نُورُهُمْ بَيْنَ أَيْدِهِمْ وَبِأَيْمَانِهِمْ That on that day, on Judgment Day, you, O Muhammad Sallallahu you will see the believing men and the believing women, their light proceeding out before them and from their right hand. Why is it from the right hand? Because that's where they got their book of deeds. Wallahu ta'ala a'lam. So, uh, uh, so you see it coming out from them and from their right. And now... Last point I want to make is about the difference between the word nur and dhiya, because the word dhiya is coming up soon. And dhiya is a, a, a bright, like a lamp, like a shining, burning light. So Allah Ta'ala distinguishes between these two in the Qur'an when Allah says, هُوَ الَّذِي جَعَلَ الشَّمْسَ ضِيَاءً وَالْقَمَرَ نُورًا That Allah says, it is He who has made the sun a, sh- a shining light, like it, it burns with its own brightness and its own light, and the moon has nur. Nur is like a softer light. And it could also be a reflected light, which is, subhanAllah, you know, one of those things that is always pointed to as a scientific miracle of the Qur'an. How do they know that it, one has its own light and the other one has a reflected light? So anyway, wallahu alam. But this is one, one way of seeing it, that it has a softer light. or more. So nur is soft, soothing, comfortable. It could be reflected as well. That's one interpretation. And that it is not burning or dangerous. That like moonlight, exactly as Allah describes it. And salah is a moment of calm. It's a moment to calm the mind down and come back to the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's, it's appropriate that it's described as a light, but that's calming and soothing. Why? Because you go running around throughout your busy, bustling day, and then you take a breath, relax, wash up, change your frame of mind, get focused, face qibla, and then you pray your salah, and it really has this calming effect. So the, the, the word light that's being used is like a soft light, and it's just so perfect that it's described that way. Diyah is used for what? As-sabru diyah. And we're going to get to that later. But it mentions that patience is this burning light. Now, why would it mention that? Because diyah is a type of light that is strong. It's the source itself. That means it's burning. And when it's burning, that means it's dangerous. Like sunlight. Obviously, you can get sunburn, right? You can't fly too close to the sun, etc., etc. So patience is exercised when? When you're burning. When you're angry. When you're stressed. When you're frustrated. When you're in pain. When you're not having a good time. And so it's so beautiful and perfect that you see that the Prophet is using this type of language. That salah, it's the calming light. It guides you, but it, 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 it relaxes you. Whereas liyah, it, you have to, it, it's like incense, you know. The more a person gets burned, 
there's a nice poem. I, I, have this, I have it somewhere. I even made a rhyme in English, but I have to go find it to get it right. But anyway, it's a nice poem. It's a short one. It's just a little couplet. It says that the difference uh, uh, between like a people is that some of them, when they get burned, uh, yeah, you know, is, I'm messing it up. I'm totally butchering this poem. But anyway, it's very nice. It says basically that, just to summarize it, the idea is that um, uh, the difference between people through fitna is like the difference between a regular firewood and oud. So oud, when you burn it, you get more beautiful fragrance. And regular firewood, the more you burn it, the more of a bad smell it comes. And so the idea is what? You find out through fitna who's who. Everybody can be a nice person when everything's calm and cool and easy, right? But the moment things go wrong, the moment life gets difficult, then you find out which people were pieces of khashab, you know, just, just regular wood, and they stink like smoke, because the moment things go bad, they lose their temper, they get mad, they start throwing a fit, they start throwing a tantrum, versus other people, the more they get burned, the more beautiful smell comes out, and you see that patience come out of them. So subhanAllah, this is the sabr being uh, emphasized, and the perfect word to use for it is liyat. It's this burning light, but the person's holding on and being patient, subhanAllah. So inshallah, with that, we will close and we'll continue with this, uh, the rest of the hadith, inshallah ta'ala, in the next portion. I'm hoping that we can have an interesting comments, uh, have interesting comments from everybody, lots of participation in the Allah ta'ala. May Allah ta'ala make us of those who pray our salawat regularly on time and it's always a nur for us, both in this life, in the next life, on Yom Qiyamah. May Allah Ta'ala make us of those who are constantly making dhikrullah because it is the most important thing to have the remembrance of Allah in our hearts. May Allah Ta'ala make us of those who... Um, what was the first one? I'm forgetting. Oh yeah, stay cleanly. Al-Tuhuru shatru iman Always purify ourselves. Amin ya rabbil alamin. Zahir. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.